The following was created specifically for the wellness revelation, The Journey, a movement of people towards the heart of God. To learn more about this movement, go to revelationwellness.org book. Hi, everybody. Elisa Keaton, the founder of this page ministry called Revelation Wellness. I'm going a little bit early today. I usually come on the, for the last seven weeks. I've been coming on a Facebook Live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. I'm hoping that I can get a little bit of grace today. You know why? Well, I'm wearing my, my fall orange. Uh, yes, it is uh, October 31st. So if you're like me, you've got kids who have a lot going on today and I am like timing tick 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 the minutes to get everything done not to mention that next week we head off for instructor training retreat so there's a lot of moving parts in my home this week hi if you're coming in and you are in the journey put up those green hearts even if you've just been showing up for the last eight eight weeks even if you don't have this book called The Wellness Revelation. You can go and get it on Amazon or Barnes and Nobles carrying it as well. It's so fun to see it in the stores. And then you can come back and listen, go to our podcast and listen to the last, gosh, six, 14 episodes. They've been there to work in conjunction with the book. So you can actually have some interactive time with the book and just ongoing teaching conversation and really renewing, renewing. If you've been to our website, revelationwellness.org, you can do the seven-day detox, and that is all about reframing fitness, reframing food. We have to reorient ourselves to it because without knowing, we've slowly been kind of breathing in this toxic air uh, based on media, uh, influence of other people, the social media air that we're living in. And if we're not careful, we will find ourselves just wandering away into captivity, just giving over our freedom. And I think it really comes to, when it comes to food and fitness, our bodies, we will do that because it's the one area we can control. So when your life feels out of control, it feels better to take some kind of control or comfort. We either do control or comfort. Those are the two extremes that lead us into pride or unbelief or obsessing or neglecting. It makes us feel crazy. And moving into those extremes feels good for a minute, but then what happens is they backfire. They they terminate on themselves, and then we end up feeling like a fool or a failure, and then the condemnation comes, and then the absolutes, which I'm going to be talking about today. What I mean by absolutes is we start to say, see, it'll never change. I'm never going to be free. I'm never going to be content. I'm Whenever, I always tell my kids, when they start talking in absolutes, they're not really talking anymore. It's their unrenewed self. It's their limbic part of their brain, the reptile part of the brain, the self-protection part of the brain, the self, uh, what is it, when everything seems like it's going to go wrong. We just have that in us. It's there. It's like a safety belt in us in case things really are going to go wrong. But we often find we dramatize our, these stories in our life to keep us safe in this shelter, which is really not where we're created to live. We're supposed to live in relationship with God, ourselves, healthy, and with others. And that's what we're doing through the book. All right, well, something must be up with my Facebook because I can't see 
any comments. I have no idea. I hope you guys are all throwing your green hearts around. That just means I won't be able to do any questions, which is probably fine because it just means I need to get to my kids' classroom anyway. So I wanted to stop in today because we're in week seven. I want to keep the conversation going uh, in terms of this momentum, this journey we've been on closer to the heart of God through the book. Uh, you can do the seven-day detox as well, as I said, if you don't have the book, but at least it'll give you this, this reframing. We have been on this journey at the very beginning, I had you guys, we had to surrender the ideal body or the whatever we were kind of really hoping for, we had to surrender it because it'll become that thing that we start to lift up and go, if only God would do this. Wherever I have if onlys, I have absolutes and wherever I have absolutes, I've made the gospel about me and, and God is still loving me, but I'm stuck in what would be a stronghold. So we came and honestly said, okay, if I didn't lose any weight, but I gained self-awareness, I gained an understanding of what's truly going on, understood what are the lies and what are the truth, not just what they are, but how did they get there? When did they start? We take them captive. We put them on trial as we did in week five. And then we begin to become sober to our emotions, that we're not running from our emotions. We're not medicating them that we're fully online. Listen, this is a message for the entire church. This has nothing to do with the person that's trying to lose 20% body fat or 20 pounds. It really isn't. This has everything to do with getting rid of our calloused heart. Our fat, that's another word. When Jesus talks about you have calloused hearts, hardened hearts, it, it, it actually means to have fat, layers of fat around our heart because fat keeps us from feeling. It's there and it's a good thing. We need the actual physical element of, of fat we need it in our body it, it, it insulates the brain it insulates my body it keeps me warm I need a level of protection but I don't need extra and so our hearts get heavy and we feel weighed down and then we connect those emotions to stinking thinking and boy oh boy does the enemy of our soul have the perfect storm to keep us from living a whole holy complete abundant John 10 10 life that Christ said, I died to give you that. If he died to give it to me, I'm getting it. Like if it's on the table, I'm taking it. And ain't nothing holding me back. It's not like, you know, God doesn't expect you to approach with your manners. He really doesn't. Like he loves the desperate. He loves like, I'm taking it. Whatever it is, I'm taking it. Tell me how, tell me when, give me. And a lot of times though, God won't, we won't receive it until we can contain it. It's like the, the why I can say to, to the Lord, don't give me anything my character cannot sustain. Don't, I'm, if I'm asking for something, but my character can't hold it, okay, I trust you enough to, to know when and do the work in me so that it can stay, right? That's why we have to count the cost. Count the cost when you say yes, that this is going to cost you patience, energy, time, affection, it's going to cost you basically your entire life how you think life should work pretty much just throw that thing on the altar just throw it up there <laughs> and remember that it's really about him teaching you a whole new way of life and that's what we've been learning this week we're talking about transformation listen God is moving this thing somewhere. He always has been. He never gets tired. He's not tired. He definitely has a good pace of work to rest because sometimes 
I don't, I don't have to move forward. I can just stay right where I am and hold the ground and have peace. But there's always new territory, new land, new things I can learn about the love of God, uh, truth that he's revealing, revelation for my heart, for even uh, the world around me and how I can affect it. So there is always more. There's abundantly and immeasurably more. But we don't always have to be pushing after it. We can pace with God because he knows a healthy rhythm for our life. And in the end, can I just say this? In the end, do you enjoy your life? Do you really have fun? That's the one thing that happens for me pretty easily is that my joy can get swept out from underneath me, like kicking underneath my feet, kicking out my feet from underneath me. But you know why? It's because I, I took my eyes off of the goodness of I'm loved by God. I'm his daughter. And that's enough. But like drop the gauntlet there. I'm loved by God. I'm his daughter. I'm going to be good. But I start kind of looking into other things. And God, if, if only, well, what about this? I'll get confused. I'll get distracted. The enemy loves to use diversion tactics. Look over here. Look over here. Look over here. Look, did you see what they're doing? Did you see it like that? And that just causes chaos in our minds. When God's like, I'm working with you. I'm doing a new thing with you. Come enjoy being with me. Be made new in your mind because I'm always making things new. So this concept of transformation, here's what's interesting. Did you know like this is the mark of who God is. Nothing stays the same. If it is a created substance, if it's creation itself, it never holds and stays the same. Even a rock, even a rock which is created, a mountain, a rock, it will shift and change over time. Wind and the elements and the sun will change it. Nothing holds. So if you feel stuck, that's an absolute lie because all creation changes. That's just, that's going to happen. It's kind of like he's an artist that goes, I'm always working. I, I can't sit down and just say it's done and stare at it. He's always moving and changing it and working it. So that's why you can be, whenever you think, I'm here again, it's never happening, nothing changes it's a lie because if you have breath, you're changing. You're even affecting the world around you as you breathe. Did you know that your body itself, the body is designed to re regenerate itself every seven to 15 years? Almost all of it, not completely everything, but almost all of it just at the cellular level will regenerate itself over. So it dies and then it renews, so it's a fresh start. Now everything changes, but as far as a renewal process, like everything changing in terms of my body is aging. So it is changing, everyone's moving, everyone's always changing, nothing stays, uh, nothing stays still. The only thing that will stay, you really, really, you can, can't really name much because I was just thinking even, you know, like a pen, well, it'll dry up over time, like it, it it will dry up. Like it does, nothing stays the same. But our bodies renew themselves. So being made new every seven to 15 years. Do you know the quickest part of your body to renew is your stomach? The intestines, the lining of the intestines, the cell that are in the, the cells in the intestines, they are, are renewing the fastest, which is such God's mercy. Because the, the stomach is constantly working and breaking things down and the bile that's there. And it's supposed to have bile. It's supposed to have acidity. 
And as it breaks things down, it's kind of like wearing down faster, but it's also renewing itself quickly. So for those people that have food intolerances, that's why it's really wise. Take a break for five, seven days of a certain food. Take a break from cheese. Take a break from, from bread or whatever it is that you're like, oh, my stomach just does not feel well. I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm gassy. I'm bloated. I'm achy. Whatever it is. Pull something aside. In about five, seven days, you'll actually begin to notice, wow, I think I feel better. It's because your body... The stomach lining recreated itself. You have a fresh new lining. And then that's why if you put the food back in and it causes a problem, you know, oh, that that's a food that my body's just needing a rest from. So it's really cool how our bodies will regenerate all the time. The slowest part of our body to regenerate is our skeletal system. Um, the bones, like right now, I'm losing cells in my bone and the bones are breaking down but they are being replenished. So every 10 years, I have a whole new skeletal system. Every 10 years, all new, but it takes 10 years of one cell at a time breaking down and then being a whole new organism. So everything, all of creation, that's why it's a lie that if you think I can never change or it will never change, it's a complete lie. Nothing in creation that has been created repeats itself or is frozen and stuck in time nothing so you're not stuck there's the 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 long of the short is you're not stuck it's really important to say that in week seven of this book because some of you didn't see any weight loss some of you are like it's not changing and that that absolute thing is starting to come up and i want to take it captive right away it is changing now remember in week one i said something really fascinating that uh studies are showing that it's not motivation It's not motivation that causes change. Like you can have the big band and fireworks and have the biggest motivation. It's not the people with the greatest motivation who create change. It's people that have expectation for change. I like that. That is a really different outlook because that means what I look for, I will find. Now, if it's not rooted in Christ, that can be kind of disruptive because you'd be like, well, I have expectations of losing 10 pounds and I expect to lose 10 pounds. But what happens? You don't lose 10 pounds and then you feel uh, shame or you try something else. So you will find that expectations is getting what you want. If you expect it, you're going to get it. At what cost though? Now for us, I said our expectations are not in us, uh, in doing the plan perfectly. The expectation I asked you all to have was the expectancy that you would meet God, that God would show up, that God would speak to you, that God would begin to untie and untangle and would begin to peel back the layers that weighs your heart down. Has that happened? Well, if the answer is no, Did you show up? Did you do the work? Did you read the book? Did you press play? Did you do any? Like, did you, did you listen to Facebook? Did you, did you do the work? Because it just isn't going to come to you. You have to renew the mind. You have to renew it so you can reframe it. So you can have a whole new expectation. The world will let you down. People are going to let you down. And that's where we get unhealthy expectations. And then that's why we end up finding ourselves stuffing uh, it with food or alcohol or because someone let us down. God does not disappoint. His hope does not disappoint. Character, perseverance creates a hope and the hope doesn't disappoint. I'm sorry if you didn't get the six-pack abs, but we said at the very beginning, we weren't expecting six-pack abs. We were expecting our hearts to get lightened and freed up. 
a little lighter, a little lighter. And that's what we've been doing. The lie is that nothing ever changes. The truth is what you look for, you'll find. That's the truth. Jesus says, come to me. Come, stop looking in all the words in the scripture. You look at those diligently, but instead come to me. Let's talk. Let's reason. Let's climb up to the prefrontal medial cortex. Let's have a conversation. Go ahead, bring those lies with you. Please bring the lies with you. Bring the heaviness with you. Don't try to, don't betray yourself. If you really are having an angry day, take your anger, go and let him reason. Take your sadness, take your grief, take whatever it is. Stay in your pain. Don't run from it and medicate. Ephesians 4, 17 through 24. I'm going to read that to you and then we're going to close. This is going to be a pretty quick one today because like I said, I got parties to get to. Ephesians 4, 17 through 24. Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you no longer walk as Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. We've talked a lot about the mind. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardness of their hearts. There's that fat heart again, that protected heart. They have become callous. That's the word that actually means a fat or even a stupid. It, and not my definition. It's the Greek definition of calloused heart, a fat heart, a stupid heart. Right? That's what the enemy wants you to have, like an inability to feel, an inability to connect it to reasoning. They become callous and have given themselves to a sensuality, a greedy to practice every type of impurity. But this is not the way you learned Christ, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth in Jesus is in Jesus to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. That's all we've been doing for eight weeks, putting on or taking off and putting on, taking off, putting on. And guess what? It's never going to end. That's the renewal process. Every day you wake and God's saying, hey, um, can I get you to take off that dreadfulness that you're kind of wearing? You just woke up about five minutes ago and you're kind of dreading it again. Like, I'm going to need that old self. So then, you go, oh yeah, God. Okay, renew me. In the spirit of my mind, renew my thought for this day. Renew my thought for my child. Renew my thought. Listen, he doesn't grow tired in this. We do. We get tired. We get tired. We're like, oh, again to the high tower. Again to work on this. But that is such a gift. The fact that you get to go do that again. Because let's just drop the pin. What are your other options? What are your other options? <laughs> Walk away and forget it. And start figuring it out on your own. What you'll find is probably some momentary satisfaction in the flesh, but that will only hit for so long and you'll need to find something else and you need to find something else and then you're back running in a life pattern that does not lead to abundance. It does not lead to humility. It leads to pride. It leads to the limbic part of the brain being thickened up and built up again and the prefrontal medial cortex just dries up and we become self-protecting people instead of, okay, Let's reason again, Lord. Let's reason. Let's rumble. Let's reckon again, Lord. Let's, today is the day of reckoning. Let's go. 
get me back my life, my truth, my freedom. And it always comes back to, you know what? In Christ, it's enough. My body's enough. My money's enough. I can stay sober and make good, healthy choices for my life. You're not stuck. When you feel stuck, I'm going to say it over and over. And I'm going to make a shirt. God is just loving the hell out of you. Hell wants you stuck. Lies want you stuck. Shame, guilt, fear. The limbic brain wants you stuck on you because it works to protect you, but it doesn't lead to freedom. Where God says, come here, come here. Kind of like taking a baby on your shoulder and just burping it because it's just filled with gas. It's filled with hot air. <laughs> it just needs to burp. Like, okay, get it out. Okay, now, now, let me tell you how much I love you. He'll never, ever forsake you. Jump into his hand. Bring all that with you. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Every time you're being renewed in the spirit of the mind, you're reframing the emotion. You're reframing the, the reality of what you're experiencing. That's why I find that that, that the word, um, the reframe, the whole book, if you remember at week one, there's this process you've been every week. You read and then you respond. There's some activity that we want you to do to, in response to what you've read. Um, we ask you to renew your mind in God's word. We ask you to recreate, recreate, re-engage. We ask you to relate to one another and we ask you to reciprocate. Go give this out. What you've received, go give it away. Reframe, renew, remind. God is doing that. That's how the old self gets put off and the new self gets put on. That's the rhythm. That's the pace. This is the transformative lifestyle. This is how people continue to transform. Everything's being made new. Repeat after me. When I feel stuck, I'm believing a lie. I'll close with this story. My sweet daughter, as I, you know, I'm just figuring these things out myself. Listen, I am first generation here. First generation. I do have parents that love Jesus, but they never let Jesus love them. That goes back to they never let Jesus love the hell out of them. <laughs> There's just lies in them. Generational lies. I'm the first of my family to go, there has to be more than this. It can't just be believing in the name and and doing, oops, oops, sorry about that phone call. It can't just be, it can't just be form without function. Like there has to be more. So in my brokenness, I began that quest. And as I'm finding it that in a relationship with God, I'm learning about myself and he teaches me and he loves me because only God can comfort and convict me at the same time. He can do both. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to fight back. I actually need the discipline. I need to know. Help me. I can't control my husband. What can I do for me? And I'm always pretty much putting back out to my kids what I'm learning. I, I exemplify. I go first. Like I'm trying to show them what this looks like as we're figuring it out. So my daughter's 13 and last week I had a pretty, pretty poopy week. I had a week. And, and here's the thing. There's just sometimes that you just... God's just still loving the hell out of me. Like, come here. There's more impurity in you. And I've got a high call on your life, Elisa. And if we're going to get there, I'm going to have to get all this out of you. And we're going to get a new rhythm going. Um, I've paid so much price just to get to this point that <laughs> this, is the, this is the lifestyle of love and sanctification. And so I was having a moment that I picked up my daughter from school. And I just, you know, you just kind of, I, I didn't have my usual 
excitement and, and vitality of life. Because I do believe I have that. I really enjoy people. I really enjoy the moments. I, I, I'm present to them as I've become more alive in Christ. But I wasn't that. And so we get in the car and she starts asking me how my day was. And I kind of told her, oh, it was, uh, and she goes, you're not yourself, mom. I said, no, it's just one of those days. And she said, well, tell me what's happened. So I kind of told her some scenario, some things going on. She just listens and she goes, mom, tell me what you know about God. <laughs> I'm like, oh no, oh no, she's doing it. She's throwing me a, a googly here. I'm like, um, okay. Yeah, Sophia, I know. He's good. He's trustworthy. He he can be relied upon. He's He provides all these things I said. And she just listens. She goes, well, I think you're believing a lie because you're not yourself. I'm like, oh, man. She's just regurgitating everything I've said back to her, which is true. And she said, what's the lie? Mom, what's the lie you're believing? And then I got to just have that honest conversation with her about what that was. And then from there, we just went on this kind of Holy Spirit goose hunt uh, just to see, okay, what, well, why? We just kind of did it together and we asked God some questions and um, really just, I think that's one thing I've really taught my, my children is just to have come talk with the Lord. Like it's not, you don't have to, you know, enter in in some official way. Just he's right there. He has the answers. His heart has all the revelations of the world. So just ask. So in that, I was like, oh, okay. Be, it was just through her presence that I began to climb back out and be renewed in my mind. This is available to you. Whether or not you have a child to lead you there because the, the little children shall lead them. Ain't that the truth? Yes, God, let us be led by more little children because really they're just back in touch with pure and noble and true places that we need to get back in touch with. Taking our... Because everything, most lies have something to do with a young place in us that we started to believe a lie and it grew in territory and it took over more of our space, of our heart and of our mind and of our soul. And we're just going to take it back. That's the renewal process. Old self, putting on the new self, made in the image of Christ. All right, I'm going to pray for you guys. We're going to pray, and then you are going to go out and enjoy your, your holiday. Um, holiday, I guess. It's a weird one. I'm not a big Halloween-y fan, but it's fun. The kids like to dress up. Uh, so if you're going to be, just a little side note for everyone around all the candy. Um, come on now. Sober. Sober mind. It, it, for some of you have been on, you've kind of moved off of sugar for a while. Great. Stay off of it. You don't need it. How are you feeling about it? You don't have to fear it, though. No food fears. Uh, it's impossible to say I'm never going to have a piece of candy again. You probably might have a piece of candy again sometime in your life or some sugar that, that kind of lights up your pleasure senses. Um, it's just, just keep your senses about you. Don't lose yourself in that. Ask God to keep your sound mind on if you know that that thing has an ability to take you captive and, um, renew, renew, (laughs) reframe old self gone, new self, I'm able to have a piece of candy without having 40 pieces of candy. You have been given power, love, and a sound mind. Use that from now, eternity, especially now as we're going into the holidays. I want you guys to to feel well, right? Feel well and feel joy. All right. So Lord, thank you so much for another day of learning and growing in you. God, connecting all these dots, creating a whole message, a holy and whole message for us, Lord. I thank you that you've given us a reasonableness, Lord, 
that there's a reasonableness that is evident to all people, Lord, as we've just walked with you and leaned into your voice, especially in these past seven weeks. Lord, I pray for a special grace and mercy to continue to blow on the backs of your people that have signed up for this journey, have bought the book, and are like, God, the expectations are to hear from you. And that's it, Lord. We trust you with the seed of truth that as we water it and and give it sunlight and give it wind, Lord, and blow into it, that you are going to grow a harvest inside of us, Lord, that our flesh is getting in line, that the flesh will be what it's going to be, that, God, you can give us uh, the, the power and the love to do things we probably thought we couldn't do and to put down the things we don't need to be doing, Lord. We need you expecting more of you, God. We expect more of you. Open our hearts to receive more of you. And heal our bodies, God. Heal them with words of kindness, with thoughts of truth, Lord, that we would uh, begin to just change our cellular vibration, Lord, that you're always making things new as you're giving us new cells every day, Lord, that each one is being purified and made new for the days ahead, Lord. Make ready a people, a people for your own possession, God, a people that change the world. They bring in good news, Lord. They're not people that need to be loved. They know they are loved. Give us that revelation of the heart more. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. I got to go. Can't see the questions anyways. I know we have a uh, responder on here. Someone that's helping us in the social media world. So thank you.